excited about what the Lord is going to do in the service tonight. Amen. Um, thankful for the opportunity to to minister here. Amen. I feel like the Lord has given me a um, very specific direction for this service, and I know that says, I mean, that when you say that, there's a lot uh, attached to it, and it's like, all right, well, show us what he, you know, direction he gave you, and um, so I don't take that lightly, I'm not saying that lightly, but I am saying it with a burden tonight, amen, First Corinthians verse 15 through uh, verse 45 says, and so it was written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul, Adam was made a living soul, and the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. First man Adam was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Amen. If you could lay down your Bibles, amen, I want to uh, go to the Lord in prayer and just ask Him to help us tonight. We really need the help of the Lord. I feel like God's grace is needed in this place. Let's just talk to the Lord. God, Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, we need you, Savior. We need your grace, God. We need your anointing, God. Pray that you anoint my lips and play, God, and when our ears and on my ears to hear and receive and respond to you tonight. Lord, bless the service and remain part of the service. I pray touch every heart in this place. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen, 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 amen. I'm thankful, amen, for His presence that we feel. Amen, you could be seated tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm having trouble getting started tonight. Amen, I've just got just a burden. Amen, and it's going to be difficult for me to express this. Amen, and I'd much rather um, preach or teach, or uh, do anything other than what I am planning to do here tonight, amen, and um, if I cross any lines, I know pastor will let me know and correct it, amen, I just want the Lord to have his way, I want him to have liberty in the service, and um, that was what I was praying before service, is that his will be done, and uh, that's important every time we come to church, that the will of God is accomplished. I mean, our will is irrelevant, really. I mean, we, we come to the house of the Lord. The whole purpose for living, in living for God is to obey the will of God. Amen. Is to accomplish the will of God. Amen. If we're here with some other kind of idea or purpose, then uh, we're really wasting our time. Amen. We're not building a kingdom. Amen. For man to glory in. This is all for the kingdom of God, for the glory of God, to honor God. Amen. And we're interested in the will of God. Amen. 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 I want to talk to you tonight on this subject. What's going on in the garden? Amen. What's going on in the garden? Amen. Amen. Will is a result of life in general, of consciousness. When, when God uh, created man, he gave to him free will, gave to him the liberty to choose what kind of actions he would do, what kind of decisions he would make. And um, I, I was, I was uh, reading a little bit about this and trying to get as much information about this as I could. Ran across this man by the name of Sam Harris. He's an atheist talking on this subject, and he's written several books on it. And um, uh, he's, he, he brought up the point that, that in humans, this is a unique deal. I mean, you can't... It doesn't matter how far scientists or um, AI engineers and, and all these various uh, fields, machine learning or neural networks develop. I, I don't care how far uh, modern technology goes. I mean, there, this is one thing that they will never be able to reproduce. They cannot create free will. Uh, for, for machine learning, I've, I've kind of looked into a little bit and was interested in it, and it's way above my head and pay grade, so I'm not even interested in, uh, 
and trying to pursue that. But I was interested in it as a, as a software engineer myself. I'm trying to, I was trying to put my mind around it. It's an entirely separate industry within uh, computer technology uh, industry. And it's its, its, own, its own beast. And, um, and so, but, but men are developing, developing incredible machines and algorithms that, that can predict and can make, um, can, that can make, that can almost think, replicate thoughts and, and through, um, through, a, through massive amounts of data input, um, they can, computers can quickly sort through all this information that we've learned across time and somehow uh, we've input it into these computers and they understand all that, they consume all that information and based on that information, um, and it's, it's a lot more complicated than that, but, but um, the, the point is that it requires that data input data input. It requires that training stage. Just like when you're a child, you're growing up and you're taking in a lot of information. You're learning. You're growing. You're, you're adapting. You're being, becoming a part. And so that's where uh, people that, that don't quite understand the process will try and say, oh wow, this thing is so intelligent, so I mean, incredible that, that it's almost like another human. And, um, and the only thing is, and, and it in some ways can be better than us. It can be smarter than us, right? Because it can process things faster than we can and can reach and get to the destinations quicker than we can. Amen. It can, it can do these things. It's, it's really, really cool, really neat, and really fascinating. It's got a lot more inventory uh, to choose from. It's got a lot more data, has a lot more uh, information input than we've ever had in our lives, right? Not necessarily that it can... Uh, its capacity is greater than ours, but it uh, it has scanned the 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 uh, the the resources of the internet and is, has acquired all this information that we've ne- we we don't have the time to read. We don't have the time to acquire, and so it has it, and it will spend and it will take time and and um, and and so so this. But but my point is that in some areas it can it can. It can become greater, can become better in some ways, but it will never become a, a greater quote unquote species or or something that will dominate us and the reason I say that is because it doesn 't have this free will it doesn 't have the ability to generate thoughts it has thoughts it can it can come to conclusions it can think, but it doesn 't have conscious thought it doesn 't have generative thought it doesn't have uh, it doesn 't have independent thinking, okay? It requires this source. It requires all this information. And, um, and if some people can come prove me wrong, that's fine. I, that's just my opinion, all right? This is, we're, we're talking Jared's opinion tonight, amen. But uh, at least that part, right? But, um, but it, it cannot produce conscious thought. It cannot generate its own thoughts, its own ideas. It can, it can, um, aggregate ideas it can put things together and it seemingly on the surface it appears new but really it was just the it was just the the addition summation of all the information that it's acquired to this point and so um, and so it doesn't have this ability to to produce anything okay it doesn't have the ability to produce from nothing if you if you move if you stick your arm out into the air and move it from this side to this side. This is the Sam Harris thing, all right? So this is not original with me. Take your arm and move it from this point to this point. How did you learn to do that? When the baby is born, you don't have to teach it how to move its body limbs. You don't have to teach it how to cry. That's one of the first things babies do is to get to clear the uh, passageways that they will ex- they will inhale and then exhale and start screaming and. And um, that's the way that they clear their passageways and air begins to flow and they start breathing. And, um, and, but you don't have to teach it how to do that. They're, the muscles, the vocal cords, everything just works. It's embedded there. And you don't have to teach it how to do any of that. You don't have to, you don't have to train it to do that. It's there. Um, and, uh, and to me, that, that, that is the essence of free will. It's the ability out of nothing, out of, out of no... Out of no, uh, out of no input, out of no uh, ability. I mean, you think about it. Even if you could explain every tendon, if you could explain every muscle in the arm that connects to the neurons in your brain that fire to to uh, to make your muscles move across, I mean, what is the thing that causes that to? Tr- how do you know which ones to use 
to, to signal, to move your arm from one side to the other. You don't know. I can't explain it. You can't explain it. No one can explain it. This has been a matter of philosophy for, for millennia. I mean, it's been, they, they, they're trying to understand. They don't understand this. We can never explain it because this is something that God generated, that God created. Amen. In, in um, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and pre- breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. He breathed into him the breath of life, and man became a living soul. I submit that that is the source of that ability, that embedded knowledge. I mean, it came directly from God. I mean, this is how we are in the image of God, that 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 generative being, that being that can create out of nothing. It's not because we look like him. It's not because we look like him. Amen. But we are, we are uh, created in his image. Amen. Genesis 1 and 26, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth on the earth. Amen. He said, this, this, this is the thing that makes us in God's image. Okay? All right. I know that's... When God created Adam, Scripture tells us that he breathed into him the breath of life. This act of God produced the first conscious thought. And that same miracle occurs again and again. Every day. Every day. There are new babies being born, and they have that first uh, intuition. And who knows? It may have occurred in the womb before Amen. It was ever born. I, I don't know. Amen. When that time uh, occurs, Amen. But at some point, a miracle takes place, and the first point of consciousness comes into being. That baby's alive, Amen. And that's a miracle, Amen. How can we generate that? How do we do that, Amen? Because we're made in the image of God. Because God is endow us with, with dominion over the earth, over the, the fowls of the air and the fish of the sea and the, and the things that are on this earth. Amen. And so he's given us that ability to do that. Amen. God has just done that. Amen. Amen. That's an amazing thing to me. Amen. But it, embedded in that, embedded in the ability to do kind of whatever we want to do, amen, is that, is that free will. Amen. The only thing that keeps me from doing wrong or right is the fact that God said not to. The only thing that keeps, let's just go to my example here. Amen. Uh, Genesis 2 and 17, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Adam placed in a beautiful garden, paradise, had everything at his fingertips. Had everything that he could ever want. Amen. In that world, and that's, I mean, today you can't even try to live without your phone. Amen. But Adam was living a very successful life without his phone. Amen. He was doing a great job. Amen. He was, he didn't have, it wasn't just a, it wasn't just passing time, but he was enjoying himself. I mean, he was, he was partaking and he was working with the animals and, and you could read about it in Genesis 2 and, and the Lord gives them dominion. He was working the, and, and, um, Bible says, let's just read the context that God put Adam in this, this beautiful garden, uh, Genesis chapter 2 verse 8. And the Lord, God planted a garden eastward in, in Eden and there, there he put the man whom he had formed that God had created. How the ground made the Lord uh, God to grow every tree that is planted to the site uh, and good for food, that is pleasant to the site and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And the river went out of Eden to water the garden and from thence it was parted and become into four heads. The name of the first is Pison, that is it which compasses the whole land of Havilah uh, where there is gold and the gold of that land is good. There is Delium and the onyx stone, and the name of the second ri- uh, river is Gihon. Same, the same is it that compasseth the whole land of Ethiopia. And the and the name of the river is uh, the name of the third river is Hidekel, which I mean that is it which goeth toward the east of Assyria. And the fourth river is Euphrates. And the Lord God took the man, put him in the garden of Eden to dress it, to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. 
Amen. He, he, it, was, it was everything, everything that, that Adam needed. Amen. If you read on through uh, pages of history and understand that civilization was wrought by rivers and uh, water is the source of, of where civilization could develop and, and be. And uh, Josh and I were talking the other day, well, highways now are kind of what rivers used to be, that, that they're going into the lands and, and civilization will build off of that highway. Well, that's the way rivers work, because that was their only mode of transportation. They could build something float, and they could transport uh, and export and import things through, via that river, and that's how they developed civilization near the rivers. And, and so this, this, um, the Garden of Eden had everything that Adam needed. Everything. Okay? And... Um, but God said, well, there's one tree. You can eat of all the other trees. Eat till you're full. I don't Do whatever you want to with those. But verse 17 says, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right in the middle of the garden, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest, of that, uh, eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. The only thing that kept Adam from partaking of the knowledge, uh, the partaking of the tree um, of knowledge of good and evil was the fact that God said not to. And his decision and willingness to obey. But God endowed him with dominion. God gave him free will. God gave him the liberty to eat of that tree. He, God could have made him um, incapable of reaching the tree, could have made the tree taller or made it slick. You can't climb. I mean, I don't But God made it in such a way that the tree was right there in the middle of the Garden of Eden. And you can have all these other trees, but not that one. Okay? And Adam, I'm going to leave the ability with you to eat there, eat that tree. And uh, that's free will. Amen. That is. Really, amen, the wrestling match of the ages. Amen. Us understanding that here's some things that we can do. Amen. But God says not to. In fact, we have a book full of them. Amen. You could read, you could read the pages of the word of the Lord and understand what God expects of his people. Amen. 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 So now there's a conflict. Amen. There's a conflict. Amen. God gave me control of everything. He gave me liberty to eat of every tree in the Garden of Eden. He said every tree. Every single tree. Well, that's a tree. The, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is a tree. So God, and, and you can, and you can, Justify it away in your mind as an, as an intelligent being that, that it's a tree. God said we can eat of every tree in the garden. Yeah, but that's not all he said. He also said of that tree, very specifically, you can't eat of it. Okay? Amen. So there are just some things, and this is a principle, maybe not the first, but one of the first principles that God established in the Word of God, that God placed very clearly Amen. I'm going to create an, a, a vast pool of resources for Adam, stick him right in the middle of it, and then give him one rule. You don't touch that one. Okay? Amen. Amen. And I don't know how long I'm going to be here tonight. Amen. I'm, I don't, I'm just going to try and let the Lord have his way. Amen. I just want God, amen, to move in this place tonight. Amen. I don't, amen, I don't know how long even Adam stayed in the garden in this state. Um, we don't. There's no way to find out, amen, how long that they lived in that state with that, here's the tree, here's all the other trees, don't eat that one. I don't know, I don't know how long they, they carried that on. I, nobody knows. I mean, you can't, if you've got an idea, just let me know. Amen, but one day, there was a, just a little snake, I'm sure they've seen snakes before, it was near the tree, perhaps. I don't know if he was near the tree or not. Apparently far enough to where he could, or close enough to where they could see it. But there was a snake. The Bible says that it's the most subtle of all the beasts. So he kind of just wheezes, he just kind of eases his way into 
where Eve was and says, hey, you see that tree? Yeah, you mean the one that God said, let's not eat? Uh, yeah, that one. You, you can eat it. Oh yeah, but God said, you can't. Yeah, but you can. But God said, you can't. Right, but you can. Eve, you have the ability. What's stopping you? What is, what's stopping you? What's keeping you? What God said you can't. Okay. The servant didn't care what God said. Man, if I start crying, you're just going to have to deal with it. Amen. Devil came by and said, you can, you can, you can eat of that tree. I know God said you can't. But it's not about your, it's, it's, you can eat of it. But you're deciding not to. Amen. Genesis 3 and 6. After some coercion from the serpent, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof. Did eat, gave also unto her husband with her, and he did, did eat. Man, Eve, we were doing so well. We, this has literally been paradise. Adam, what were you thinking? I mean, we look back in, in the pages of the Word of the Lord, and, and we, we, I mean, this is the first part of our reading for every year, and it's just like, it's like, wow, you know, you just kind of read over it now. It's not even that important. But really, this is a struggle that you and I deal with every single day. I mean, whether or not we're going to be obedient to the command of God, whether or not I'm going to obey His Word. Amen. And many times, we end up taking Eve's route and reach up and grab the fruit and take a bite. And what's the natural instinct? We find the nearest person. Hey, why don't you try? And then we're doing the devil's work for him. Amen. Amen. I mean, there's another man in another garden many years later. Garden called Gethsemane. In Luke chapter... 22, verse 39, says, he, he came out and went, and he was wont to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that ye not enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, and kneeled down and prayed. I mean, if you go to Matthew's version, verse 40 of Matthew 26, he comes to the disciples, findeth them asleep. Saith unto Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The Spirit is willing. Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The will of the Spirit is that you pray. The will of the Spirit is that you just, just watch with me for an hour. Just... just Come on, Peter. Just one hour. But the flesh is not willing. And so there's that conflict. Again, the will of God. The request from God. Will you please pray? And self-will. Free will. Challenging that. I don't feel like it right now. I'm tired. Amen. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ. You walk not after the flesh. You don't walk after the will of the flesh. Who ignore their own will. But, after the Spirit. If you're walking after the Spirit, 
There's no condemnation. There's no reason for you to feel bad about what you're doing. There's no guilt associated with that. You know why? Because you're obeying the will of God. You're doing the word of God. You're, you're fulfilling His will. But the minute that we stop doing the will of God, we start doing our own will, the will of the flesh. I know that this is really simple. This is like, you guys have been looking at me like, man, you've been saying the same thing for the past 30 minutes. I know. I'm, I'll be gone, pastor will be here, and he'll say much more intelligent things. Amen. But while I'm up here, amen, we also don't have much longer because I'm on page three of three notes, but three pages of notes. Amen. But there is now no condemnation. You don't have a reason to feel bad, friend, if you can somehow lay your will aside and do the will of the Spirit. Now, that doesn't seem hard. I mean, but you and I struggle with it every single day. Am I going to get up and pray this morning? Am I going to read my Bible this morning? Am I going to, am I going to reach out to somebody? I know this is the will of the Spirit, but am I willing to do it? I mean, what are you doing in the garden when, when there's nobody but you and God? What's, what's going on in the garden? Amen. Where, where the conflict between your will and God's will is at its maximum, uh, at, at, at its climax. I mean, friend, you, you, can't, you cannot convince me that you don't deal with this. I mean, I deal with it. You can't convince me that, that you're, you're above this. I mean, because Adam... The very first man, he dealt with this. And every other man since him has dealt with this same problem. And then Jacob dealt with it the night he struggled with the angel. I don't know if I'm willing, amen, to yield to what God wants me to do. I don't know if I'm willing, amen, to make my way down to an altar and find a place and really pray, amen, until you and God know, amen, that what's going on in the garden is exactly what God wants. Hallelujah. I mean, you can pull the wool over the eyes of your brother and your sister. You can pull the wool over the eyes of your pastor. But you can't pull the wool over the eyes of God. And when he comes walking through the garden and he's saying, Adam. Adam. Adam, where are you? Oh God, I heard your voice and I was afraid you are going to ask me to do something else. So I hid myself. I hid myself. No, no, Eve doesn't, Eve doesn't think anything. She's exactly where I'm. She doesn't think anything's wrong. Eve doesn't know how really serious the situation is. She doesn't, I mean, she's the one that, but she doesn't understand. She doesn't really, I've got her convinced she's okay. There you go. She was deceived. I mean, but Adam was the one that heard the command from God. Adam understood very clearly. Now, Adam, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, don't eat it. Every other tree, you're more than welcome to have at it. Amen. Amen. But the devil will come knocking on your door. Well, did God really... Did you hear him say that? Or is that just your imagination? Or is that Adam? You know how he likes to stretch the truth. You know, you know how... It was just Adam, you know. Eve, did, did he really say not to eat? Because... If he didn't want you to eat of the tree, why did he give you the ability to do that? Why did he allow you to do it? 
My Lord, can we just talk to the Lord here just for a moment? Jesus, we need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. Elder Kelly came through Colorado Springs just a couple weeks ago and did a phenomenal job ministering to the church there. Amen. He preached a message um, talking about the prayers that you pray, and then, he, and then at the end of his message, he talked about the most important prayer that you will pray ever. The most important prayer that you can ever pray. And he read the scripture from Luke chapter 22, verse 42. It says, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Can you put this on the wall, Luke 22, 42? Father, now the request was, remove this cup from me. But he didn't just say, God, remove this cup. But his number one concern in this prayer was, if you're willing, you're not, that's fine. Because my will doesn't matter. What I'm interested in is your will. Amen. Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup. And then again, he re-emphasizes it. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Your will be done. Not my will. I didn't come here to fulfill my will. I didn't I wasn't born of a virgin. I wasn't I wasn't put into this robe of skin for the purpose of completing my will. What I'm here for is to fulfill your will. I, I'm not here, amen, to I'm not here to satisfy amen, the temporary pleasures of my flesh. That doesn't mean anything to me. I mean, if anything, you can walk, you can read through Jesus' short 33 years on this earth and recognize immediately how, how disciplined he was, how selfless he is, and how, how sacrificial and, and much of a servant he was. He's the one that got down on his hands and knees, and washed the feet of the disciples. I mean, he was the one, amen, that, that shed his own blood. Now that isn't, I know that, we preach that message over and over and over, and sometimes I think it just gets kind of ironed out in our mind, and we just, it's hard to think about. It doesn't even, doesn't register what exactly took place. But I'm talking about a man, a man who had feelings, who was hurt, who was bruised, who was whipped, whose back was laid open. Amen. By a cat of nine tails. Amen. He, his guts, amen, were hanging out. Now how many of you are willing to do that? None of us. None of us would be, would prefer that. I mean, that's why we are reading this verse on the wall, because, and perhaps even a greater thing, and I know pastors taught about this cup, let this cup pass from me, the cup of sin, and, and, and I believe Jesus was a man's man, amen, but I want to just think about this from a, from a natural perspective that I wouldn't want to get this done to me either. So if you're willing, but even in spite of that, if you're not, I don't care about my will. Amen. I don't care about my will. This is truly the most important prayer that could ever be prayed. I mean, this is the prayer that you have to pray before you find a place of repentance. This is a prayer that you have to pray before God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. This is, this is an important prayer. Amen. And you can't really pray this prayer unless you prayed it like Jesus prayed it. 
He didn't just go to the Garden of Gethsemane and find a corner. Say, Lord, if, if your will is that I take this cup, that I will take it. But if not, let it pass from me. If, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. Otherwise, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will. He didn't just get into a corner and, and just mumble the words. Verse 44 says, And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. His sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. I've never prayed that hard before in my life. I mean, I've never found a place where drips of blood were oozing out of my, the pores in my skin. I've never felt like, I've never prayed like that before. But Jesus did. He found a place of genuine sincerity. And this was not, and, and I, I don't want to confuse anybody, I'm not preaching a uh, false doctrine, but it was, it was, this was a, a submission of his, the will of his flesh to the will of, of his spirit. This was a, that conflict, the age-old conflict that Adam once dealt with in the Garden of Eden. That age-old, that age-old wrestling match that, that, that has gone on and on and on. Amen, that is going on even in this room tonight. Amen, that, I don't know, I don't know if I'm willing to let that go. I'm not, I know that I've seen it in the Word of God. I've, seen, I've heard pastor preach and teach from the Word of God. I understand. I shouldn't eat of that tree that's in the middle of the garden. But it's so convenient. It's, it's always there. It's, it's right there in the middle of everything. It's, it's my life. It's my... I can't let that go. I'm, I'm not letting that go. I cannot. And that's where you take another bite. That's where you take another bite of the forbidden fruit. And God's just saying, I wanted, I wanted to have a relationship with you. I wanted to have something that, that no one else understands. No one else, amen, could have the type of relationship I'm interested in having with you. Amen. But you're willing to just sacrifice all that for just another bite. You're willing just to give it all up. Everything that I've, I've given and I paid for you. I, I shed my blood for you. I, I've spilt my own blood for you. And, and you're throwing that away for just another temporary bite. Gone in just a few moments of time. My God. I hope you're hearing me here tonight. I hope that that there is someone here I mean, that's understanding what I'm trying to say here. I'm wondering, when you leave the house of God, when you leave the presence of God, what's going on in your garden? What goes on, amen, in the middle of the night? What goes on when nobody's watching, when nobody's listening? When you're not accountable to anybody but you and God? Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Now, friend, you can, you can live a successful life partaking of the forbidden fruit. You can live, amen, you can live life. The Bible says in our text, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45, so it is written, the first Adam was made a living soul. Free will. Liberty to do as he pleased. He made the decision, wow, look at the kind of man that I am. I can take of the fruit. I'm going to make my own way. I'm going to do my own thing. I know better. I know better than anybody. This is the way I want to do This is my choice. So I'm going to do it. And he was made a living soul. The last Adam 
was made a quickening spirit. Jesus was the thing that generated life altogether. He said when he was on earth, I'll give you life. But not just life. I'll give you life more abundantly. I'll give you something that you really don't even understand. You can look across the world and you can see successful people, successful things and, and so on. Amen. But, but, and you think, wow, I want that. Amen. But friend, all they are is just living. All they are is just making it. They're taking bites. After, they're taking bellyfuls of that forbidden fruit. And all they're going to do is just live on this earth. And one day, they'll die. And then one day, they'll spend eternity. They'll, spend, they'll have the second death. They'll spend eternity in the devil's hell. I mean, wondering why they didn't partake of the, of the fruit that Jesus, the bread of life. Amen. The, the water, the living water that Jesus had to offer. Rather, they were interested in the forbidden fruit. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yeah, they're living. They, they do well. They do fine. Amen. That's a nice house they live in. That's a nice car that they drive. That's a nice place and friends that they have. And look at their status and look at the things that they're doing. And look how much money they have in the bank. But it's all temporary. Go ahead. Take another bite. Swallow it. Fill yourself. Amen. 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 I could read to you about the curse that God went ahead and gave to Adam as a result of this forbidden fruit. Amen. Really, I mean, he was living. Amen. But it was off the sweat of his brow. It was because of his own hard labor. Once it was just delivered right to his lap. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm thinking of the verse that the psalmist wrote. Amen. In the book of Psalms, he's talking about Amen. The righteous, and how that they that they will uh, now slipping my mind. Amen. But the righteous that would um, Lord gave him bread. I don't, I'm not thinking of it. Amen. But the, that the Lord would provide. Amen. The Lord will provide. Amen. For the righteous. I've never seen the righteous forsaking, nor his seed begging for bread. I mean, that's exactly the state that Adam was living in. I mean, but he chose that forbidden fruit instead. Amen, I Sister Rebecca, if you can come to the music. Genesis 3, verse 8. They heard the voice, I mean, immediately after they took that bite, after they took that, that the bite of the forbidden fruit, the next few verses in this chapter reads, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. I mean, Adam, in a place that was so familiar to him, in a place where he had been spending his entire life, became lost in that garden. A place where he was so familiar, he was so familiar with the, his surroundings and the trees that, he, that he, could, he could just slip away and hide himself amongst the trees. And when God came by, he knew how to get away from the presence of God. He knew how to get, he knew how to step out and in. And he, he understood. He understood that. He, he knew how to pull, push the buttons and pull the levers. He understood how to, how when it was time to stand up and worship and when it was time to sit down and, and just go through the motions and when it was time to take up an offering. And he understood all that. He didn't, he didn't miss a beat. And so when he didn't want to talk with God, he just kind of slipped away, hid from God. Amen. What did Jesus do? He was in the garden. Talking to Father. Said, 
not my will, but your will be done. I want your will to be done. Okay, well, now life's going to be great. You've yielded to the Holy Ghost. You've, you've completely surrendered everything. You've prayed that prayer. You've prayed that you're in agony and, and earnestly praying. God heard your prayer. Now there's going to be blessings and, and a new Bentley and a new house and everything that I've ever wanted. No. As soon as Jesus stepped out of that garden, picked up a cross, made his way up to Golgotha, he says, if you want to follow me, if you want to follow me, if you want to follow in my footsteps, if you want to, if you want to make it to heaven, my God. He said, if you want to, he said unto them, Luke 9, 23, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Deny himself. Take up his cross daily. And then you can follow me. I'll prepare a mansion. It's not going to be here on earth. It's not going to be a, a beautiful mansion here on earth. I, you'll have that kind of a life when the time's right. But right now, my request is, if you want to follow me, pick up that cross. My brother Jared, if, if you think that is an appealing message, you either uh, pray like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane and take up your cross, or you act like Adam and run away from God. And then you work the rest of your life. Those don't sound like too much of a different type of scenario. They just, they both sound negative. It's not very positive. Well, that's because you're thinking about it through your own will, your own thought. You're thinking about it and a human perspective from a human's through your own eyes. The bread of life don't mean anything to you. Water, the living water doesn't, doesn't have that appeal. You're walking after the flesh. You're minding the things of the flesh. But if you could just get into the Spirit... And understand that that cross really isn't that heavy. It's not really that far to Golgotha. It's not. You know what happens on the other side of Golgotha? He's raised from the dead. New life. Life everlasting. A hope beyond this world. Truth. A foundation that you can build a life on. I mean, I'm telling you, there's so much, there's a real, I'm talking about not just life, but life more abundant. It's not just living, friend. We're not just, if we could all stand here tonight. We're, it's not just trying to get by. I mean, I, I look at my generation and my people that are my age and, and younger, and I'm like, man, you could do so much better for yourself. You could be so much more. You just, you don't understand uh, a work ethic, for one. You don't understand, um, you don't understand the, the principles of, of I don't know, I'm going to make some people mad by saying this, but capitalism, and, and you don't understand how, what it means to really just get out there and work. You could build a, a better life for yourself if you can work it out than you can if you just wait on somebody to give it to you. Amen. And I believe that's one of the reasons that God requires us to take up our cross because we will, we will love it more. We'll have more of an association with it when it's born through, amen, this, this work. Amen. It's born through every day. Picking it back up. and I know I don't want to. I know this isn't appealing to my flesh. I know this isn't, doesn't make me happy. I mean, some people in this church 
And pastor, if I get out of line, you just have to let me know. But so, there are just some people. I mean, I feel this in the Holy Ghost. That have already made up in their mind that I've already tried this. I've, I've, I've tried this. I've tried taking up the cross. It's too heavy. I've, I've tried, I've tried every day. I really gave it a good attaboy try. I keep dropping, I keep slipping, I keep messing up, I keep... That tree's right there in the middle. Of everything that I, I'm doing... And when, and when the Spirit of the Lord moves on you and moves in around you and says, would you just please do it my way? Would you just try to do it my way? He's, no, I, I've tried it that way. I'm not interested in trying it that way anymore. It doesn't work. Well, friend, how has your way worked? How's it been going the last couple of years? How's it been? How have you been making it? Amen. Are you successful? Are you everything you ever hoped to, to be? No. Amen. Because you're not yielding yourself to the will of the Spirit. Yeah, it's a heavy cross. Yeah, you got to bear it daily. Amen. But you don't understand if you don't. Amen. The alternative is eternal damnation and destruction. Amen. It's so much more. It's so much better. Amen. To live the life. Amen. With the cross on the back. Those splinters dig deep. I know. Some of you just think that maybe I, maybe I'll just, uh, maybe I'll just, uh, I'll give it all up. I'm not even interested in trying anymore. This is, I mean, if I just look out there, I mean, they've got the nice house. They've got the nice home. I mean, they've got the successful career. I mean, every time I try to go on vacation, pastor says that I need to stick around here. I mean, I, I mean, what if I could just work my own, my own schedule, do my own thing? I want to see this church have revival. I want to see this church uh, see souls saved. Amen. But it's going to require work. It's going to require something that you don't want to do. It's going to require daily picking up that cross. Amen. If you feel like responding, you can at any time. These altars are open. I just want to know. Amen. Is there any anyone willing to make that commitment to God? That it's it's not about my will anymore. It's not about what I want anymore. What it is about 